Bill 23 was tabled this week. What is it, you may ask? Well, it's got some changes in there to our Motor Vehicle Act for something such as establishing minimum following distances for drivers. That's you when sharing the road with pedestrians, which might also be you, or cyclists, which could be you. And the use of speed limiter equipment on heavy-duty commercial vehicles. Now, that one's an interesting one, too, because it's something the industry has been calling for. Why? What kind of a difference will that make? Let's find out. Dave Earl is with us now, president of the BC Trucking Association. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Simi. Dave, what is a speed limiter? So what a speed limiter is, Simi, is it's part of what's called the engine control module or the ECM. Uh, it's computer code, and what it is is a function that, if turned on, uh, can limit speeds of that the vehicle uh, travels. Uh, all heavy-duty equipment manufactured after... The uh, year 2000 certainly um, has this code in place. Many, many light vehicles do as well. And it's just a matter of, frankly, of turning it on. Okay. And so why do you think these are beneficial? Well, we see it in other jurisdictions and we know what the research and their experience tells us. Um, Ontario has had this for more than a decade. Uh, their Ministry of Transportation took a look retrospectively and that in circumstances where there are motor vehicle accidents with involving a commercial vehicle and where the commercial vehicle is at fault, which is about 20-25% of the time, uh, where speed is a limiting factor, those incidents are reduced by 70-70%. It's a big big deal, Simi. I know, I was going to say, that is a very big number. Um, So what has taken us then so long to act on this? You know, it's just trying to be able to elevate it to a point that we're able to get the attention that we believe it deserves. You know, we didn't want to have those horrible incidents uh, that occur from time to time be the driver behind this. So we tried to get ahead of this early as an association and really work with success of governments. And uh, we're very happy that uh, the minister has decided to act at this time. Okay. And and so how is this acting going to work? What is this going to mean? Will it be mandatory then? Yes. Now, this is where we get into the next part. This is the the statutory amendment. This is the act. So now the ministry has the ability to write regulation. So now we have to work with industry and say, well, what does the transition look like? How long until this comes into play? You know, what do we do? Simi, one of the the drivers behind this is the use of logging devices. So no more paper logs. And one of the things that we were worried about and we talked to government about is we said, look, when a driver has to make up 10 minutes or they're going to run out of time, they can't just call it close enough when they fill out a log book. They actually have to be done at the end of that time. And when you can't change distance and you can't change time, you're going to speed. And we said, look, we've we got to do this at the same time. So we're really happy that uh, we're seeing this all come together. Okay. And so what is the timeline going to be like then? Like how mandatory is this going to be? Well, we don't know the timeline yet. We'll be working with government. It's certainly not going to be in the next you know, number of months. I mean, there's, there's going to be some timeline and some run-in. Uh, we have to do a lot of work educating the parts of the industry that aren't already using these devices. To give you a sense, it's, you know, the best estimates we have is it's between 50 and 60% of the fleet already using them. I mean, you see this when you drive behind vehicles and it'll say this vehicle is limited to 90 kilometers an hour or 105 kilometers an hour. See me, it saves lives, it saves fuel, it reduces emissions, um, it does so much good, and we're just really happy that we're here. 
Uh, we when we talked last time, Dave, we were talking about how shipping needs to change, right? Logistics need to change so that we build more kind of time into the system. Wouldn't that also apply here by using a speed limiter? Because if you're limiting how fast a truck can go, well, you better pad a little more time into the system for that truck to get there. Absolutely, Simi. You know, these are the changes that we've wanted to see for so long to be able to say and work with customers and say, look, this is what it takes. This is how long it takes. Expecting people to speed and take shortcuts and do things is unreasonable and illegal. So let's stop that. Let's have these conversations and say, look, this is how long it takes. You know, when we talk about speed limiting, this isn't the magic solution. There is no magic solution. People will find a way to cheat. You know, people will find uh, ways around this. They'll try, but it's one more tool in the toolbox that we can start working with customers to say, you know, this is what we need to do to make sure that we move freight safely. Okay, so the sooner this could be implemented, then it would be, I guess it would put everybody on a, on a level playing field. Yes, and that's the other thing, you know, is that we're trying to get to that point where everybody has to abide by the same rules. Laws are laws, regulations are regulations, but how we enforce them and how they're actually brought into play is really, really important. And we'll be working very closely with the ministry and doing lots of reach and education as we move forward in the next month, number of months here. Yeah, Dave, what is enforcement like on something like this? You, you said it yourself just now, right? If people want to cheat, they're really going to find a way to cheat then. So what is enforcement like on checking up on whether trucks are actually doing this? Sure. So one of the things we, we look to are other jurisdictions. So in Canada, Ontario, and Quebec have already had this in place. And so their experience teaches us that, you know, when a truck's going down a hill, unless there's an active braking system in place, the driver's still going to have to slow the vehicle to go down the hill. Um, you know, and coming down a hill sometimes at 105 kilometers an hour is completely unsafe anyway. So that driver still has to be there and still has to do the work. But if you see a vehicle moving on a straight stretch on a flat road and it's doing, you know, 20 kilometers an hour, so 125 kilometers an hour, they're going to get a ticket for speeding. And then the roadside officer can actually, the the, the act talks about this, can actually plug in a reader, pull the data and see if the speed limiter is in fact operating. So, oh. you know, there, there's the ability, oh, there's, and so instead of just a speeding ticket, now you get a non-compliance ticket, a non-compliance order, a repair order, and national safety code points. So, you know, these are all the things we have to talk about, but there's lots more to it. And, you know, Simi, I was talking with a member yesterday who's very, very happy that this is in place. They said, well, what do you do, you know, when you move across the country? He says, totally irrelevant to us. We've had telematics in place for years when we get reports of drivers doing hard accelerations, hard stops, um, they have geotag spacing. So if you're moving through a sorry, speed limiting, so if you're moving through a town with the speed limit 60 and you're doing 70, the dispatcher will actually shut her down, reduce the speed the truck can travel, reduce it from 105 down to 90, ping the driver with a message saying, next time you pull over, call me. What? Yep. So that's amazing. But what kind of level is that happening at then, Dave? Is that like there is there a lot of consolidation in the trucking industry? So are big companies doing that? Because like what are the yeah. smaller companies doing? Yes, they are, Simi. And when we look at the, the industry, the bigger getting bigger because they're getting more efficient, they're getting more sophisticated, and it's becoming very, very hard for the small players to play in the industry. And that's why we have to be so careful when we do this, because we don't want to disenfranchise small players. Most of our membership, of BCTA's membership, about 85% of our members are under five trucks in their fleets. They're small. 
and we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to succeed and compete in this marketplace. Do truckers um, tell on other truckers, like if they see bad behavior out there? Some do. Uh, certainly some do. I mean, you saw the, the recent videos being posted with the, uh, yes. the passing on Highway 5. Uh, some report in, some report to CBSE. Um, to be fair, send me somewhere the badge of honor and say, I travel as I travel, I speed as I speed, because that's how I've done it forever, and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, it's like any community of interest when you have thousands of people. You know, you've got some that are very, very diligent and some that aren't. Right. That, oh, these new rules are going to be really interesting. Um, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That is Dave Earle, president of the BC Trucking Association. You know, trucking, been in the news lately. As he mentioned it, that footage of the person, the trucker passing and speeding on Highway 5, double line, by the way, passing over, super dangerous. And now these potential new rules, they have been proposed. The bill has been tabled, still has to make its way through the legislature. But one of the things in these, one of these amendments has to do with speed limiting technology, making them mandatory on heavy duty commercial vehicles, something the industry has actually been asking for uh, and that way they can have a level playing field about you know making sure stuff is getting somewhere in a reasonable amount of time but not over promising and then kind of speeding and being dangerous to get there right